the Be Well podcast for your virtual wellness coaches for your wellness journey. Today, I have a special guest with me. I'm absolutely in love with her friendship, but she's also an expert in the wellness industry and someone that you guys should all be watching. I have all the way from San Diego, California, Brianna Danielle Beaver, who is an energy balance expert, masters of kinesiology, fitness nutritional specialist, creator of Vishna LLC, an author, and a bikini competitor. Girl, how do you do this all? Hello, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm still asking myself the same, but we do our best every day and just uh, keep moving forward. Yeah, you you probably get all this accomplished uh, with the the topic that we're going to speaking about is uh, the energy, (laughs) energy balance. Um, if you can accomplish all that, uh, and still have energy throughout the day, I definitely want to know what your secrets are, although they will not be secrets anymore once we get through this podcast. So I'm excited. Uh, Yeah. And you know, this topic is so relevant. Uh, just even today alone, I was in a, a coffee shop, I was working on some things and I'm, I'm in the coffee shop, I'm having caffeine and I'm still tired. I still catch myself wanting to doze off. So uh, that combination or that scenario is a little bit of a mind blower for me. So I'm so happy to have an energy balance expert on this podcast for today. And I'm sure many of those who are listening have very similar issues. Um, Brianna, would you find that a lot of people that you talk to do kind of suffer from like low energy or unbalanced energy? I feel like there are so many expectations in the human world of uh, to get to work at a certain time and drive through traffic and feed our family and grocery shop, run errands, make sure everything's maintained. And then also still prioritizing time to grow ourselves as well as socialize and take care of our friendships, our relationships. And it's just a lot of stress on the body in so many ways, physically, emotionally, mentally. And, um, you had mentioned that you go to a coffee shop and you still feel drained from the day. And a lot of people are constantly thinking about their brains and what's going on in their head. Um, but we technically have three brains. In my opinion, I believe that our heart acts as a a quote unquote brain. Um, it's its own, it has its own control as well as our gut, our gut has its own control in in itself as well. And we give into those because we follow its autoimmune system. Um, but the struggle is, is that most people are constantly thinking about the stress that's going on in their heads, that they're trying to serve that brain only. They're forgetting about their gut health or forgetting about their cardiovascular Mm. health. And when you go to a coffee shop, the first thing you're doing is pumping adrenaline into your body with caffeine. And it's probably not good for your heart. And it's definitely, if you have anxiety, like I do, I'm, it's like, sometimes I have to plan out my, uh, my caffeine at a certain time of day. Uh, It's not the first thing I reach for in the morning. And also it, it needs to be complemented with other nutrients such as fats, because something like caffeine hitting our heart also hits through our gut, which is again, the third brain that I was thinking of is 
our gut health really represents a lot of our emotions and our moods. So do you know how people kind of get irritable when they are taken off of caffeine or they have those yeah. headaches? Like, yes. So <laughs> Withdrawal symptom. Yeah. Right. You've, you've stopped feeding yourself something and then you have another response. And it might show up on our skin when we have sugar or dairy. Um, there's so much inflammation that comes because the body's constantly trying to defend itself from, from compensation, which I'm going to get into. You got me on a roll girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're an expert. So I imagine you have a bunch of information, uh, scientific research and, and whatnot to, to provide for us. And you hit a, a few things, um, that kind of take me back all the way to grade school, you know, uh, middle school, high school, when we're learning about biology and we're starting to load ourselves on with more responsibilities and more th- things to think about. And the younger generations now, um, yeah, I see them all at Starbucks all the time and, and, and consuming caffeine, one for pleasure, but also for the energy. And we're still not properly taught, in my opinion, on how all of this works. The whole, um, I, Seth, this is the first time I've heard that there are multiple brains in our body and the gut definitely is one of them that I've heard of. Uh, but th- this is all concepts that are new to me in my adult years. So it's, it's crazy how, uh, we're taught within school, how things work in one instance, yet we also on the flip side have all this media and marketing telling us to consume caffeine to get through the day. So we're just creating, uh, so much harm. I feel like that's counterproductive, right. Um, in our, in our bodies, even at health food stores, there's all this energy, energy, energy sold at us, but I don't feel like me personally, I don't know the proper way to use anything. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that may feel the same and need people like you, Brianna, to educate us. Mm. Well, thank you. Uh, it's, crazy to think about energy in itself. So I, I see a lot of people come to me and the very first thing is, uh, I don't want to say the very first thing, but the most common is the constant, I want to lose 10 pounds. I really want to lose 10 pounds. And I try to steer away from that concept or that goal of the number on the scale, because there's so much that happens within the body through proper transformation that it's no longer just calories in and out that make up the sum of what's on that scale. It has to do with your lean tissue, your water weight, bones, other, you know, that include that's included in lean tissue, but it, it, that is not the only concept of what's on the scale. So people who train with me specifically, I train my guys and girls, both heavy. I make them train a lot with overload, resistance, volume. They are- Yes, with weights, with their own body weight, just, you know, an actual resistance and going back to the basics, because again, now my my ball is rolling, I'm about to go again into a spiral. I love (laughs) this. (laughs) It's, um, I just want to talk about when we say what is energy, and you had you had asked me earlier when we were, you know, kind of prepping for this uh, podcast, you were asking, you know, what, how can energy be created? And I actually want to tell you energy is neither created or destroyed. You might've heard this. It can only be transpired. And for that to happen, energy is defined as an ability to do work. So if, if you look through the different ways that we have forms of energy, it's through heat, 
light, motion, electricity, chemical reactions, and gravitational. So we have what is either potential or stored energy or kinetic, meaning working energy. And this master of human kinetics, which is what I also consider myself to be as an energy balance expert, that's something I, I loved calling myself as an energy balance expert for years because no one else had claimed that title. And I had studied this specifically with my research in my master's program. I partnered up with the American Council of Exercise, proving a theory with ACSM, the American, um, uh, American College of Sports uh, Medicine. So where we presented at the Southwest Regional Conference back in 20, this was 2019, for a project that we finished in 2018. And it was proving a theory that if you were to burn 300 or could do exercise of, of moderate intensity and burn a certain amount of calories that if you did that in 360 minutes per week, you were guaranteed to lose weight. And we were here to prove that two thirds didn't lose weight. They actually maintained or gained weight. And out of the 42 participants, if you didn't control your diet, I recognize that it's not just calories in and out, you're going to compensate for the energy that has been expended. And a lot of people, especially the American diet, we tend to either compensate with either overeating and calories with what's in our food, where we eat, the choices we make, or also dropping our NEAT, which is our non-exercise activity thermogenesis or thermoneogenesis, which is your body's core temperature change because you're not moving around as much. You don't want to park as you know, farther away from the grocery store. You want, don't want to walk your dog as much. You're quote unquote lazy in a way, but you're choosing to do things to compensate from what your normal routine is outside of exercise because you are introducing some more intensity during those sessions. So what we do is we tend to store what's potential energy. And when we burn it, it becomes kinetic energy. It's worked off. Now we can renew energy and we can also expend it and sweat it out. So like there are ways that heat is taken out of the body. Um, we also have a carbon gas exchange. So we breathe oxygen in, we breathe carbon dioxide out. And with that, that is the basis of what our calorie burning is coming from off of the gases exchanged through inhale, exhale. So breathing information. Yeah. So, so when I try to do breathing exercises to, let's say, um, decrease my stress or current anxiety, um, and just calm the body that's expelling energy. So, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be tired and lazy afterwards. Correct. Correct. Or, okay. So this is where you would want to figure out how to store your energy and when is the best time to properly work energy. And Two things I want to talk about is you touched base on, you went to the coffee shop and you had caffeine, right? And you were still feeling right. sluggish. Now, yes. I also would say, what did you have with the caffeine in that day? And a big, big, big compliment to that would be fats. And I just want to touch base on this with fats, because there is the research that talks about many research articles that talk about caffeine benefits and risk, but they say that caffeine increases liposis, which is where the stored fats use energy. So um, lipolysis is, is pretty much like a fat burner in a sense. So caffeine is used in a lot of BCAA pre-workouts. So you'll see it where it's, um, people are using stuff that helps with metabolic muscle growth, but also you'll see like 
L-carnitine and other fat burners that are in there in, in it's almost like you're pumping so much into the body at once. It's like a shock. And I almost feel like it sometimes can make people nauseous or it might increase your heart rate uh, a little bit too much. And it can make working out feel a little scary for beginners. So I always just let people know caffeine is really best complemented with fats because that's what it's doing is it's burning fat. So um, fats in the sense that it's already stored. Like I, I had some healthy fats and some nuts and avocados the night before. And that would that turn into the healthy fats I want to use or, or the fats? What kind of fat are you talking about? So technically that would be more of a short term. Yes. So we, we have what are short term fat deposits that we store energy for. And then it becomes long-term adipose. So we actually have healthy fats. Um, even brown fat is considered healthy fat in the body. And it's essential. It is necessary, especially females. We need fats for human uh, function just to be cognitively functional. And like you're, you're able to say one plus one equals two. You know, that's, that's your ability to, to be cognitively optimal. And then... On top of it, your mood swings, your emotions. I feel like so many hormonal imbalances are necessary. And I think just going back to competitions when I didn't have my period for nine months and I wasn't getting enough fat in my body to produce blood to actually have these natural processes. So um, when we want to have a journey of weight loss, if we're, especially if we are female, but if we want to have a journey of weight loss, we need to take it into consideration how that's going to affect our overall energy, our hormones, and a number of other things, not just our physical and appearance or, you know, our, our internal muscles. So, yes. Okay. So, so what's the best just... way to, so, okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious about your question. Well, um, but so in, just so we don't move on to, too quickly, but that's really interesting. So when someone comes to you or a personal trainer, and as you going back to what you previously said, they want to mm -hmm. maybe their objective is to lose weight, but you also see a plethora of other things that need to be taken into consideration. And so do you kind of dive into what their diet is, what their current um, cycle is like, and all these other aspects of it to create a proper plan? Yes. So this is a science experiment, all of this, and they're the subject in the test. So just using myself as an example and the experience that I've had over the years, as I was growing up, I remember saying for so long, I really want a six-pack abs. I don't know why I just really wanted a six-pack. I thought it was the best thing ever. And then realize that was, there's so much more in this world than that. And <laughs> I <laughs> start somewhere. <laughs> start somewhere. Right. So I wanted to know what it was like to uh, dial down nutrition. And I got that down first. Then I started to understand flexible dieting and where the nutrients come from, the importance of fiber, micronutrients that under, that got me to master calories in and out. But then I recognized I was doing so much cardio with the current coach that I had at the time and I wasn't training enough in strength. So I was putting in a lot more work and not eating as much food. And so the amount of stored energy I actually have wasn't a lot. I was very fatigued 
And I didn't have the ability to be a proper machine for the extreme deficit I was going through. So now fast forward, let me just put it this way. I, I then went into my next show and I switched over to another coach. And with this coach, I started strength training with them. And I told them, I said, I don't want to compete for a year with a deficit. I want to learn how to quote unquote, I thought it was bulking. And my coach, his name is Brett Contreras. He runs the glute lab. And I was training there starting two years ago. And he was just like, recomp your body. Talk about recomping. So this was something that was very new to me because I only understood energy compensation from my master's program as calories in and out. I didn't understand what was actually happening to the metabolism with strength training and what the body needed to do to respond properly to the stress physically. It was actually helping a lot of my pain, injuries, the way I was properly training. I was training smarter technically instead of harder, you know? Right. Which now everyone should know that that's the route we want to go. No one wants to work harder, but it's, it's kind of work smarter or you can do harder and smarter, but when it comes to your physicality and your, your mental health, cause that could also calorie deficit could also impact your mental health pretty, um, pretty bad. So now that, so going back to working with Brett, how long did it take you to really see the, the pattern, mm. make that connection and then start utilizing that in your training? So again, this is a science experiment. You have to actually complete the experiment in order to see the results. And I don't think I stood consistent with it until a year into the pandemic. So it wasn't until about October, November of 2020, I reached out to him and said, I want to compete in Tulum for the stronglifting competition. And I didn't understand what it took, what the training program looked like. This was my very first training program by him. And I had six weeks to train for it. In those six weeks, I went through six different lifts, which I feel to be very important for anybody looking to recomp their body. And that is three upper body movements, three lower body movements. It is bench, chin up, military press, hip thrust, deadlift, and squat. If you can master those six movements, you don't need to do a thousand crunches or planks. You don't need to go. And it's nice to have accessory moves, you know, to actually fine tune or chisel down a physique to, you know, just touch and feel where you, what's your preference on your own body. If you want more quads, you can do that. But when it comes down to the basics of you want to lose those 10 pounds, trust me, work on those six movements and train smart with them. Continue to progress at them. Your body will respond because what changes on the inside is what makes you look quote unquote, 10 pounds leader. So, so um, narrowing it down to the, the key movements. And then what about your diet when you're doing this? That's, that's what actually makes you lose the 10 pounds. When someone says to a trainer, I want to lose 10 pounds, but they're only going in for strength training, or they're only going in to see them a couple of times a week for the workouts, but they're not dialing in their, their nutrition. And I have no control. I don't want to say control, but I have no understanding of being able to help them control their own variable of what's their balance. And it is, you have to be your own parent. You have to decide these choices because the best example I saw was my very first experience experience in, in this real world. I went and trained at the Olympic training center and I saw people who said no to so many things in the moment in order to say yes to something that was four years in advance. 
that seems so long to many people, but yet we go to college and we work our butts off You're to right, get a college yeah. degree in four years. And we say no to so many things, hopefully to do our best in school, to do our best in our relationships. I hope people aren't cheating on their partner and they're showing up committed to them just as much. Why wouldn't you do that for yourself? Why wouldn't you do when it that comes if, to right your 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 yeah. physical well being right? If you're the parent who tells your kid to brush their teeth and to eat their broccoli and to do these things because you want the best for them, why don't you want these things for yourself? You should, you would want that. This is your priority. If you want this, you would say no to the things that are tempting in the moment to say yes to what really matters to you in the future for your goals. So they need to hold themselves accountable in order to go through the process. And that, for me, that's a key takeaway too. It's, it's all a process. And, um, Mm -hmm. you mentioned, uh, a science kind of like a science project, (laughs) um, or science experiment. And that's not to say that you're trying something for the first time, but I think everyone's body is so different that there's not a formula or a program you can buy online and expect it to work for you the same way it would work for me and vice versa. So, Going back to the balance of energy, um, which is the topic of this podcast and your experience in working smarter, you found a balance in or found that a key aspect of that is the balance of having uh, doing certain things to get that energy and then working it out or using it properly Mm -hmm. uh, versus going into deficits, calorie deficit, energy deficit, and really actually doing more harm to your body than good. Exactly. Exactly. Because the goal is to try and get your body to be able to eat as much food as possible with the least amount of body fat percentage that's sustainably possible. I say an amen to that. Hell yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My kitty would not whatever I wanted, but good tasting food all the time and not have to worry about that being uh, seen on my body or affecting my, my mentality or uh, energy or emotions later on, that'd be great. At at least in a negative way, I I wouldn't want that. So if I, from what I hear of some of the things that you're saying is, um, my thing that I did today where I, I was drinking coffee and I still felt tired. I need to kind of reflect back on what was it that I was consuming today? What did I consume yesterday? Uh, what are those habits? Mm -hmm. Cause that's all impacting that. And then if I want to throw sleep, did you get how many hours are you working? Yeah. I mean, and that's a whole nother conversation too, on, on good sleep versus bad sleep and all these other things, but there, there is, there are, I would say foundational elements, um, that go into building, uh, good energy balance. So what, if you had to name a few things, just as a recap, for the listeners, what would you say to that? So I actually want to touch base with uh, intuitive eating in response to energy balance, because I think that's my definition of when the body's trying to find balance or homeostasis, that's the whole point of, of our autoimmune system is what we are as a human is we are trying to constantly protect ourselves and be in balance. So when you're intuitively quote unquote eating, if you're actually asking your body the proper questions, what am I hungry for in the moment? Am I needing food for my, my brain to function better? So then I need fats. Do I need 
food for energy to physically move better, then that's going to be your carbohydrates. Or am I actually hungry because I'm a human made out of lean tissue? Get your protein in. That's what you need. And when you start to ask these questions, your body is not intuitively eating for weight loss. So when people tell me I'm trying to intuitively eat, you're intuitively eating for maintenance or most likely a little minor surplus. And what it is, is you're just responding to what's happening. If you want to create a deficit, up your activity and see what happens. I promise your calorie intake might go up a little bit with it, but it's nice to see those variables change in response to one another. If you drop your calorie intake, you're going to most likely drop your activity. If you also, same thing, if you stop working out as much, you're not going to be as hungry. It tends to work both ways. So pay attention to the questions you ask yourself. Why are you actually hungry? And if you're eating in maintenance, so that's my practice right now is I want to talk about people who might not be about weight loss, but they're just trying to feed themselves proper nutrients is my goal right now is mental health. I am competing in August for show, but I have my goal right now is to figure out what feels good for my body to feel the most energized and mental health is the response of my gut health. Yes. So the, the response of your gut health. So that means what's going into your body, the, the food. I feel like if I feed my gut, more in a positive way. I mean, I eat food that's touched by light. I eat food that has just, remember we were talking about like the different energy sources. Yes. Yes. Remember we were talking about like fish and chickens and where the source of energy comes from, from them. Yes. Yes. To to me, it's, it's, this is from a power podcast for those listening. So (laughs) this is, (laughs) um, this for me is something so similar that it, it really matters right now what I put in my body. I'm reflecting out onto others. Definitely. So it's not just about the, what, what the package may say, but also kind of for the back of the plants that I, I think that's what you're saying, right? The plants with the, that receive a lot more light to grow because that energy is stored within them. Therefore, when it gets transferred into you, that's going to help you in the positive way. I feel, yeah, I feel literally lighter. I feel more clear. I feel, I don't feel as heavy. Right. So if I'm eating in no no offense to in and out or any other fast food place, um, but as, as good as that might be in the moment to eat that, that's really going to be impacting me for the next several days. Yeah. How can you wake up feeling energized after a heavy meal like that? It's very difficult if you're not used to already waking up energized with nutrients in your body for, you know, in a long time, people who've done really well can maybe afford a a little meal like that every now and then, but it still affects people the same way. Absolutely. I think that when anyone is trying to make a transformation, whether it's in their physical state, mental state, emotional career, family, food plays a huge part in that. And most programs or suggestions start with changing your diet. So exactly, this really resonates and now kind of explains further why it's so important. Exactly. Uh, Why don't they teach us this when we're younger? (laughs) Or, you know, (laughs) I haven't, I haven't been in grade school for a while, so maybe they are teaching it, but I, I still see more fast food places popping up. So I'm, you know, we, we kind if of, not, have I to, will, I'll be the yeah. teacher. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> girl, you might have to, but the, 
you mentioned some important things, you know, we, especially those who didn't grow up eating healthy or just out of convenience. Um, there's an, a few other nutritionists I've had uh, on the podcast last year. And we talked about how the healthy food can be somewhat hard to obtain depending on your economic status. So there definitely are some barriers to trying to eat healthy, but that, but that being said, there's also some really creative ways to go ahead and and get that. For example, uh, if you can't afford organic produce fresh, you can buy frozen organic produce that may have a little bit less nutrients than the fresh ones, but it's still something that's obtainable and affordable. So there's a lot of ways to get creative with that. I think the main thing people will have access now, but the main thing is learning, okay, what do I do? How do I find out what's good for me? How it's affecting me? Do you have any suggestions for tracking? So my favorite is uh, my fitness pal is one of the, the best that I use just because it's kind of like an iPhone. It's easy to connect to a lot of other apps so people can track them with uh, fitness apps or Apple watches. And you can, I use it with my clients on my own personal app. So it's easy to connect on there. What's nice about my fitness pal is I can see what everyone's entering into their diaries daily. So it's a very tangible visual for me. And I can see if you're showing up for yourself or not. It's just as easy as taking attendance. So to me, start with just tracking, even if it's on a piece of paper, even if it's taking pictures of your food, get awareness of what you're actually putting into your body. Most people eat very similar foods day by day, what's in their home and their kitchen. They tend to buy the same things. Mm-hmm. So just start figuring out what it is that's around the same portions are going to be your biggest learning lesson. A lot of people don't consume enough. Yes. A lot of people don't consume enough protein and we tend to go over on our fat intake. I'm not saying fat is the enemy, but that's why you see a lot of things that advertise fat free, sugar free, you know, low, low carb, all of this. So I would prefer you to get things that are sugar free over fat free. When you have fats taken out, you're taking out a lot of nutrients and being replaced with sugars instead. So fat-free milk actually has more carbohydrates, more sugar than whole milk and whole milk provides more protein. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because they have the nutrients taken out for the calories. What about um, something that's sugar-free, but they use like a sweetener? Is that something to avoid or is that okay? I guess it depends on the sweetener. Up, it depends on the sweetener. You're right. And it also depends on the person's ability to digest the sweetener because if some people could be allergic to sucralose or um, some people tend to have an upset stomach when they consume erythrol, like the fiber in it is a lot on their stomach. So to each their own, kind of like people might be sensitive to peas and lentils. It's a lot on the stomach because it's high in fiber. So beans or other things like, like similar. So it's, 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 depends on the person or a lot of people don't like stevia's aftertaste it, you know, it, it's yeah. a personal preference but if you are not allergic there are no proven cases that sugar-free substitutes actually kill humans there's nothing they have talked about it with like rat poison and all this stuff and it it, it takes so much for one person to consume that amount of, of chemical to hurt the human body so no yeah. If you're going through like five or six sugar-free Coca-Colas, maybe, but you know, don't do that. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah. So, so 
it is still safe. Well, it is still more productive for your body in an energy sense and to consume sugar-free versus fat-free. And it it really does sound like um, a product. The thing about wellness is um, there should, yes, there could be a short-term goal. You want to fit into a dress for a wedding or bikini season's coming, or you want to have a revenge body for that you know, jerk who, who cheated on you or something. You know, there's a lot of reasons why you'd want a short term, but wellness itself is something that needs to be maintained. And also it will adjust as our, we get older and things start to change. Maybe we develop allergies, maybe body comes resistant to something. So it's going to be an ongoing practice. So if you keep that in mind, uh, keeping track for several months is actually not that long to have a better life, long life, I guess you would say. So for those who are listening and and have been struggling with their energy, challenge yourself to take Brianna's suggestions. Um, If this is all too scientific for you to reach out to Brianna, we'll share that information, how you can reach out to her later, but um, try it out, get a notebook and start, or use my fitness pal and start tracking what you're eating and see Uh, not only what you're eating and the the calories may be or may not be, but how you feel. And I've noticed that when I started to use turmeric in my diet, I have Mm -hmm. a lot less bloating, which is super, it's an anti-inflammatory, but um, maybe it doesn't work for everybody. But I, I was having a lot of inflammation from things and I thought it was because of gluten. And I thought about different other things, but when I started to recognize that when I was adding turmeric into my diet, I had a lot less bloating. So, but that was only discovered because I was keeping track and that, and that this took months because I slowly would put something in and then take something out. And it's a long process, but I, it's totally worth it. And I feel a lot better myself. So I, I'm going to take on the challenge of trying to figure out, uh, how all these foods are affecting my, my energy and hormonal balance. I'll keep yeah. you guys updated. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you've now been starting to integrate, uh, the energy balance into not, not just for yourself, but into your practice and how you coach with others. Um, are there like any polarities between uh, of good healthy energy that you've talked about I love that you said polarity too and I want to to just you know be aware of our like everybody's time and everything too because I know we have another podcast where we're gonna go with uh next month is uh national nutrition month so um I I want to talk about polarity as positive negative and neutral energy and in cultures, it's considered yin and yang. We talk about um, one of my favorite books, Napoleon Hill has Outwitting the Devil. And he talks yeah, about, yes, yeah, so uh, being positively and negatively charged like electrons, protons, and neutrons, just as basic as that. And that goes into, I feel like the, the way that we have push and pull movements, there are negatives, there are, there, there's so much that we have that is a resistance and force in itself. And again, going back to force equals mass times acceleration. I just saw this recently that it's, it all comes down to the amount of 
ripple that you have to create to instill a habit. So if you reinforce something, you're putting more of that mass, more of that volume and accelerating it. So the habit gets quicker and quicker. It becomes automatic. And a very similar loop, I'm going on to a total tangent here, but it's when I think about just polarity in itself and decision-making, my dad taught me about uh, in military tactics, how it, for him, it was his integrity is very high with his job in life is to catch bad guys and, and make the world a better place that way. So he finds yeah. negative energy and he makes that decision on what negative energy is. And he can do that within a split second. So when he was in the special forces, he was able to decide if he had to kill somebody in a split second to either oh, save God. his life or save you know, a brother's life. And uh, he was talking to me about first you orient the situation you observe or you observe the situation that's actually the first part of it but then you orient and that's the very most important part of decision making because it's based off of our preconceived notions our experiences our traumatic you know uh backgrounds and cultural backgrounds uh, all of that is what takes place into how you view something in this world in that very moment and then from there you make the decision and you act upon it. UDA, that's what OODA stands for. And the efficiency of being able to make the action reoccur is what creates a stronger habit. You can be more efficient at the decision that you're making. So this is what people who make positive and negative choices, it's more automatic to be a better person if you continue to practice good things in life. So when it comes to like healthy energy, does that kind of go back to in what you said about um, kind of assessing the, the, the decision, uh, what's going on and then making a decision that's kind of like, but goes back to intuitive eating, right? They exactly. Awesome. So what we, what we can do on the next podcast, if you guys want to listen on that and get kind of dive a little bit deeper on energy balance, uh, polarities, uh, it will talk about intuitive and mindful eating on the next podcast to really help you um, along your jumpstart, your transformation journey, and then continue it. So speaking of transformation journey, uh, what would you recommend for someone starting one after listening to this podcast and getting just like super inspired? (laughs) I would say go check out my page. I am about to post up a link here with a DIY baseline progression setup. So you will be able to do it yourself and create your own program where you can figure out how to set up your baseline nutrition, your training, which is what your equipment is available to you, whether it's body weight or full gym access and your cardio prescribed. So you can figure out those three variables. So long as you follow the homework, the progression will go with it. And this is up to you to put in the work. Okay. So that's, that's nice. So that kind of circles back Mm -hmm. to, um, you don't, I, I have found that a lot of influencers, no shade to anybody, um, when they kind of get too big to do one-on-ones, they kind of create plans based off just a few questions that you may answer. And based off this conversation, it, it sounds like there's a lot more that goes into it, kind of identifying what works for you and what doesn't it's, it's a longer period. So, in that case, you would need to be able to have a plan and understand how to adjust it. So if you're DIY, that kind of falls in line with 
you doing it on your own with a custom plan and then also being able to make adjustments um, on their own as well as with the guidance of you? Is that exactly so you could definitely, you could definitely, yeah, I'm here to always reach out, ask, answer questions all the time. So that's something that I feel like I'm very proud of my coach for is he really is always there when you have a question and he's, he's an amazing coach. That's what I see. And I want to be that type of person that's here to help the best way possible. And, um, I noticed that it really comes down to, did you show up and do the work? That's my biggest thing with clients. If they don't do the work, they're not going to see the results. So I actually can stop it right there. What did you put into the app? Oh, I didn't put anything in the app. Well, there's your problem because you need to find the solutions to otherwise. And what right. my, my, what I notice is there's almost too much freedom. I'm the cool parent. I'm not the one that's going to tell you, you have to eat your broccoli every day. And, you know, I, I hate to say it like this because this might give too much lenience or freedom to a lot of people, but whether you eat a fried Twinkie or an Oreo or a cookie or ice cream, or if you ate fruits and, you know, you had all natural honey or agave or all these like super, super healthy, quote unquote things, the glucose from that sugar is still going to end up the same way in your body, no matter what it depends on, again, the processing of the sugar, because it does still come with chemicals sometimes, or it might not have fiber. There might not be other micronutrients or vitamins. So you still have to get those from other whole food sources. If you choose to have the fun foods, that's okay, but you still need to respect the portions of those just as much as you respect the portions of what your body also requires, not just wants. Right. Uh, there's so, there's so much, but it, I feel that at the end of the, the day, all that work, just like you said, going through four years in a university, um, whether it's it just purely off the dedication and learning the end result is great. You end up with a degree or you end up with the job that you want. I want to end up being feeling good at the end of the day. And if um, that, that usually requires work. So um, it does sound like that there is a direction now uh, for those who want to start an energy uh, journey and, and transformation. I myself am very interested and want to try it out too. So um, where can they go to find you? I'll provide the link in the, the YouTube, um, our YouTube channel, our website and the podcast information of where they can go. Uh, but just if they're listening right now, what, what's the website or the YouTube channel? Yeah. So my YouTube channel is muscle mermaid and my Instagram. That's basically what I use. I, I try to be on TikTok and other things, but I'm here to respond solely on Instagram and email. So yeah, we can't be everywhere. (laughs) Right. I was like, you can definitely shoot a message on Instagram. It's uh, at macro M A C R O dot mermaid M E R M A I D. And then you can also email me at Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A, at Vishna, V-I-S-H-N-A, life, L-I-F-E dot com. Awesome. And you could also find Be Well at Be Well Coaches on Instagram or bewellcoaches.com if you are online and um, either mobile or desktop. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much, Brianna, for joining us for the part one of Energy Balance uh, podcast. And don't forget to like and share and uh, download this uh, podcast episode if you want to go ahead and support us. So thank you so much, guys, for listening. And thank you again, Brianna. And everyone, be well. Thank you.
Thank you, Crystal. <laughs>